0: ready to have one not one conversation but two perhaps oh, even three three uh, levels of conversation of conversation
1: i'll be honest with you guys i tap
0: out it at, at 1.5 con
1: yeah i was about to say that's a discourseception, man that's
2: a, yeah discourse left
0: <laughs> leftist discourse now is discourseception. it's like you think you finally realize what people are talking about and then you and then you realize you have yourself been unwillingly enlisted in a larger discourse battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you look out. You are like, oh my God! There's two or three levels of discourse going on above me,
2: <laughs> and I'm just down here, man. It's like uh it's like a uh, concentric levels of hell, man. It's Dante's Inferno. You know what I mean? You're being enlisted in the uh, the arch demons' army. You know? Yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's like Jacob's ladder. <laughs> exactly. And here the exactly. whole
1: time you thought you had your finger on the pulse.
2: Yeah, that,
0: no,
1: no, 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 no. I did no, not.
0: You Someone had, you had their your finger, finger on the
1: pulse of roadkill.
0: Someone had their <laughs> finger on my pulse. <laughs>
1: what are the, what are the disc the discor- the discursives going I, on?
0: I, well, Aaron and I, before you got on, we're just talking about like the discourses around decolonization and like how. Like when we brought it up a few weeks ago, it's like, I just assumed decolonization was like a historical process, sort of like the industrialization. I didn't think it was like, I didn't know it was like this, or maybe, maybe I'm mischaracterizing it wrong, but it seems to me like there's a certain like cadre of like leftist, well, actually academics who are saying that this, that decolonization is an off-putting, like ultra abstract campus exercise. Uh, but, and that's, that's, that's in addition. I, I I would
1: tend to agree if we were talking about decolonizing our music library or decolonizing <laughs> our bookshelf. <laughs> but when we're talking about decolonizing a place, I have to push back a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah,
0: yeah. The, the thing that was, uh, that was in response to the thing in the Atlantic about decolonization. And, uh, and that in and of itself was, you know, bottom of the barrel discourse. So... Well, I don't know. Well, what I- Are we talking about Caitlyn Flanagan's? Well, no, she. I like Caitlin Flanagan because, um, like every other tweet, is her like quoting from, like Virgil or like o- Ovid, Rumi. Yeah. Well, what we were saying, Terrence, for uh, for Tommy, I don't know, if we
2: were saying that, or I was saying that. It feels like these terms like degrowth, um, and maybe you saw this a little bit with defund the police, but it it seems to be co opted. And then kind of twisted around and regurgitated back out for like, you know, like people that aren't in the know, I guess normies for lack of a better term. Um, It feels co-opted is what it is, you know. This is why we're seeing uh, like that article we were just uh, mentioning, or at least the headline, Uh, we need to decolonize Russia, you know. <laughs> like, what is that even? <laughs> what is <it? laughs> At that point, again, it's like what we were saying last time, yo. It's like we've been saying, especially the past few weeks, we're moving further and further away from what things actually mean. Yeah. Into this amorphous territory where <laughs> anything can mean what you want it to mean, as long as you're getting paid the big bucks. You know? That
0: is so <laughs> true. Like we, you're right. We have entered in this like annihilation territory where <laughs> like words have simultaneously lost all meaning, but at the same time accrued meaning beyond power itself on earth. So that like, yeah, even di- discourse on decolonization is a sign of the di- generation of the left. And it's like, yeah, and it's and th- when you say stuff like that, I'm like, wait, what? Like, and, and <laughs> people say people say that about like degrowth too. I'm just like, I mean, just as a layperson, as some numb nuts with a bachelor's degree living in like the rural sticks of Kentucky, it's like it does seem kind of axiomatically true that we do need some level of degrowth in the sense that the capitalist system is based on infinite growth. So, exactly, exactly, as a
2: fallacy. I mean, it's also, weird. I really- I really like that annihilation, annihilation analogy, um, because that means that we, not the left, but we three here as the tardy boys, our job is to go into that, that no man's <laughs> land and parse out the discourse. I mean, everybody's already dead. We've showed up like 24 hours later. Like it, no one is there. <laughs> it is a true no man's land. And we're showing up like with our little toolkits. Like, yo, where, where'd everybody go?
1: <laughs> we don't prevent crime. We just analyze it afterwards. <laughs> exactly.
2: We're post facto, you know,
0: uh, huh. Yeah, hey, that's a great, that's a great, well, so this is a great Tardy Boy prompt then. I have a, I have an excellent Tardy Boy prompt. I was thinking about this all weekend. It's like, yeah, I, okay, so it's like, before we stray too far from, like, the proper tone and uh, imperative for this episode, just want to remind people that, like, this weekend was one of the darkest in human history, or at least since I've been alive, yes. since I've inhabited the planet in the great year of 1987. True. Um Israel had cut off all electricity to Gaza at the same time that it began launching its ground invasion. And so over the course of like uh, Saturday night, Friday and Saturday night, you just had this like constant stream of photos of them just tearing down buildings dropping white, what appeared to be white phosphorus on multiple mm-hmm. neighborhoods, like leveling entire neighborhoods. I mean, and then like obviously two days later, once they finally start getting internet back, you finally start getting videos and streams from what had actually happened. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, my, I don't know about y'all, but my timeline was yeah, filled with people basically pulling children out of rubble yeah. paramedics and journalists just breaking down just reaching their absolute like physical mental limit you know mm-hmm. and uh and i it was d- apocalyptic
2: man it was yeah, it was yeah. truly it was true not to cut you off turns i just want to say man i was thinking like you know um you know posted it but um you know uh william gibson has a as a as a, a phrase that's attributed to him he didn't really say it, but the sentiment um he's definitely expresses that the future is already here It's just unevenly distributed, um, distributed, right? And I always think about apocalypse, right? I think about the end of the world. I'm an apocalyptician. And dude, like the apocalypse is here and has happened for many communities. And seeing the pictures before the bombing of Gaza and after, I mean, it looked like a nuclear weapon had been, you know, had imploded, right? It's it's just apocalyptic is the only word I could use for it. Yeah.
0: Well, and I saw like videos today of, uh, I saw videos today of, tanks shooting at just passenger vehicles, just cars in Gaza. Uh they bombed a refugee camp in the West Bank. Uh what's happening in the West Bank has not even been talked about in the media. It's just a virtual um I because mean Because
1: there's no Hamas there to sort of justify so they're like, yeah. eh, let's just talk about that as little as we can because exactly. there's really no justification for the barbarity there. Yeah, exactly. There's no justification
2: yeah. for the and the thing is too is that By not talking about it, you're not linking, you're not, uh, the underlying premise, right, is that it's a genocide, is what it is. So even if the West Bank is not, you know, um, is not governed by Hamas, right, of course there's still settlers going there with the sanction of the state to terrorize people, burn down their homes, you know. But of course the media can't talk about that because then that would poke a hole through there, well, this is about terrorism, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seemed that the, one of the crazy making things from the last few days has in america anyways has been the stubborn just more than stubborn like the brick wall resistance of anyone in the united states government to have like even the uh you know even to call for even anything resembling a ceasefire where they can't say that word for first of all like that is a word that is off limits apparently uh, so you get these weird, wacky, fucking um, attempts to say somewhat of the same thing, like humanitarian pauses. Like, yeah, I've never heard of that term,
2: dude. I, I, I just think that I mean, like, like the shit like this is always so horrible because you see the worst in humanity. But like, some of the worst and the worst and the most depraved shit is when people come up with new terms and yeah. concepts to to explain away. I mean, genocide. Like, humanitarian pause is such a cursed term, man.
1: Yep, you're... It's like The Blast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah, it's like the these
1: abstract <laughs> things that happen for no apparent reason, you know.
0: Exactly. Dude, the, the liberal conception of the world is so wild in the sense that, like, everything really is sort of dematerialized. Like, things just explode without any causation. But, like, and then words that previously meant things no longer meant th- mean those things. But then we have new phrases and words that are, like wonky and strange like humanitarian pause or like you had tammy duckworth saying that like we will not call call for a ceasefire because that would be harmful to the palestinians like wait what are you talking Bro, about that like, one inter-
1: that one boiled me <laughs> that one boiled me it's like we we can't call for these people to quit being bombed because that would that would just do them no good that's ins- yeah. I, what I, the I, fuck I, what kind of world i don't mean to be crude but you're literally missing legs because of warfare <laughs> and you have that you're fixing your fucking mouth to say something yeah, like that man yes yes but yes
2: i, I mean I'm, it's just it's just it just inverts i mean i have to use the wearing your skin inside out man it just inverts everything that you know to be right and true and the people who are actually committing atrocities are the victims here and calling for a ceasefire is immoral like what kind of fucking world do we live in dog that's insane yeah.
0: Well, and their line that they keep coming back to over and over, spelled out, I think, most explicitly by Hillary Clinton today, but, like, you see it with, like, John Fetterman and and even Bernie, um, is that calling for a ceasefire would benefit Hamas. They keep saying this, that it would benefit Hamas, that it would, like, somehow work in their favor, and i mean i just was i've just been thinking about that over the past few days like what does that mean like what do they mean it would benefit hamas like is there a specific scenario you're envisioning like perhaps they call for a ceasefire and then hamas just doesn't uh adhere to it at all and launches another attack and manages to kill another thousand israelis even if that's the case that would still be a fraction of a fraction of the number of palestinians that have been killed so far so i mean again in every scenario it is just a tacit example of how palestinian lives matter less than israeli lives
1: the other the other part about it is if, if if can they not if they if they believe that Hamas is an Islamist group on par with ISIS or whatever, right? Like they're saying, like that's their line, Hamas ISIS, right? Trying to draw those associations, right? Can they not see the third the thirty thousand foot view of how the constant barbarity is a gift to Islamist groups, right? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying in terms of like if you if what you're saying about Hamas, if you really believe that, yeah. The worst thing you could do is not do a ceasefire. Well, I, yep. I,
0: the point is, straight up, regime change. We said it two weeks ago, It's that is 100% what's going on and what they're trying to do. And they will do anything and everything to accomplish that. I mean, and even, you could even say, I really do think the point is probably cleansing Gaza entirely like literally pushing them into Egypt yeah Uh two million people being pushed into Egypt and I mean well go ahead no you go ahead
2: no I was just gonna say I mean like one thing too I think that um you know I know I know that we've, we've talked about this the propaganda especially but um the the their their bottom line of ethnic cleansing right I think has been so much more apparent. I mean, it's apparent to us, obviously. But, I mean, unless you're just, like, fucking, like, I mean, just complicit or you are, like, you're just dead-brained, man. Is All the propaganda that I've been seeing this past weekend, man, where the IDF made this statement or released this video that was in English, right? Yeah. No Arabic subtitles, right? Um, talking to the citizens of Gaza, Gazans, who have no electricity, who have nowhere to go. And this IDF soldier is telling them, in English, once again, to head south which they've already bombed South Gaza. So it's like, you know, all of this, I think Felix had said it on Twitter, I, I kept think, thinking about this. It's like, every bit of propaganda, every country does propaganda, right? Every country does propaganda. But it almost seems like like Israel's propaganda is meant to to have like the American like political class go along to see what kind of shit they could throw out there, what insane shit they could throw to see if it sticks, to see if they believe it, you know? Because if you're publishing this video in English, talking to Gazans who have no electricity... Obviously, that shit is not for Gazans, right? right. That shit is for Western audiences, British American audiences. Yeah. audiences. Yeah, right. And for you to watch that as an American politician or as like a political or a pundit, whatever, and say, well, they're they're doing, unlike Hamas, right? They're doing the humanitarian thing by warning people. I mean, again, you have to be complicit or just like baby brain, man. you know? I just, I just don't see how else you can see it besides like their propaganda is cover for a genocide and they're trying to get the rest of the world to nod along with it,
0: right? Yeah, I think that... The- I think the thing is is that by doing stuff like that they're trying to sort of destabilize reality around you to that you get i mean we said that we said that a few weeks Uh. ago that like it is mind war in the sense that like they are trying to get you to a state that you are entirely not only unsure of yourself but unsure of reality and that is that is a a mental state that makes you very vulnerable and likely more likely to either support what the u.s government says whether it's that we have to continue letting Israel do this, or to enlist in the military, I mean, like yeah. the enlistment, this is a total tangent. but enlistment in the military has been abysmal for years. And this is something yeah. that they talk about all the time at the Pentagon. They always talk about it in the Washington Post about how they need more people to enlist. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this was why this happened. I mean, just that like,
3: yeah.
0: you can see the various strings that they can pull at to serve their needs as it so fits them um like war is good for us as well we
2: talked about that in biden's address right like you you know what in order for um in order to revitalize the american
0: economy um brown people are gonna have to die in the middle east yeah yeah (laughs) well and the the whole thing man it's like just the way everything becomes so simplified and cartoonish like tom what was that what was that thing that netanyahu said about the Amalekites, you remember? Yeah, that? Yeah, yo, what From what name that? Yeah, who to do Amalekites? the Amalekites? Samuel, yeah. With it,
1: like we have to do what God said and smite uh, smite Amalek. Yeah, yeah. And who who is it? Amalek?
2: Yeah,
1: who is who is Amalek? They is he like...
2: is was a nation a nation that was opposed to Israel or something like like, like... How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How much, how much time do you have, brother? This is Sunday school. <laughs>
1: I've been thinking about this because I've been trying to think of like how what what value could I add to the Palestinian movement. And I think the only thing I can do is to help to the degree that I can deconstruct sort of mm, evangelical eschatology. Yeah. Right? And what they believe about it, which is going to be an uphill battle because you're talking about people who have staked their eternal destination on the idea that as soon as the the temple's built Christ returns and smites all of our enemies and reigns for a thousand years and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Binds the dragon up in its chains and casts him into the lake of fire, you know? Uh-huh. God. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about basically lunatics.
0: No.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. and the one thing I've been trying to think about is like the absurdity of a people who worship a god from the West Bank of Palestine. Right. Even under today's lines, Jesus would be a second-class citizen living under apartheid in the West Bank. He's from Bethlehem. Still in the West Bank lines. And I think about the absurdity of that. All these people carrying water for this fucking psychotic regime when their god is the... the, whose people are the ones who are being oppressed. You know? Yeah. They don't think about that. They don't think about some of the oldest Christian churches in the world being in Palestine.
0: That was the thing about that decolonization article in The Atlantic. They were like leftists come up with a simplified schematic where the Palestinians are people of color and the Israelis are white people. And it's like, well, you're really not helping your case when you're just wantonly bombing all these like Palestinian Christian sites all over the fucking Oliver Gaza in the West Bank. I mean, or like, rolling out people that
1: look like fucking Heidi to promote the IDF on TikTok. <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly.
2: Or, or, or just the fact that I saw this video where um um somebody from Puerto Rico. I think um I don't know if she's an influencer or something, but she was responding to uh, somebody commenting like "stick to Puerto Rico," right? And dude, she did this amazing breakdown of colonialism. And, I mean, I'm fucking sorry, given world history, I mean, it just so fucking turns out that European Western powers that were dominated by white people went to places that were black and brown overwhelmingly and exploited them. Yeah. I mean, this whole entire sort of racial—how can I call it? It's like the racial sinew, right? you know, that keeps all this together. I'm sorry, you can say that, yeah, sure, there are Palestinians who are white-passing or light-skinned. There are Israeli Jews who are darker. There are Ethiopian Jews. But, dude, even if you want to talk about Ethiopian Jews, Solomon Tekka, who's 19 years old, fucking shot by his, an IDF officer in, I think, 2019, and there were mass protests. I mean, if you even talk to an Ethiopian Jew about how they're treated in Israel, right? Yeah. Then, I mean, you'd have your fucking answer. If you really were curious about, does racism actually play a factor? Of course it fucking does, dog.
1: Well, hmm. also consider some of the places that they looked to put Israel first. Like, you know, they went shopping around. They looked at Mozambique. Uh, they looked at Uganda. Uganda.
0: Uganda. option was one Argentina. That, like, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Before they settled on, well, probably the easiest way to make this myth is to go to the Holy Land and yeah. carve this up. But even in Christ's time, you had, you had Jewish Palestine... Which is what he was, but you had also had Gentile parts of Palestine. Hmm. You know what I mean? Islam's not around for about six hundred more years. So like obviously they're not factoring in here. Uh-huh. Right. But what we're talking about is is the people that are native to this place, you know, irregardless well, irregardless not word, regardless of religion, it was just never what they what they say it is. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, I mean, it's I guess that like The well-actually people do have a point in the sense that, yes, you can't transpose American... I've always hated this term But like race relations I don't,
2: I, don't <laughs> I, I fucking hate that term too dog It always makes me think about Like nigga, What are you talking about We will go to Olive Garden bro And sit down and, and fucking have our limitless Fucking like garlic breadsticks bro And talk about this shit Like come on dog but yeah, yeah for better lack of a better term race. Yeah, relations.
0: Let's sit down Let's sit down over a tour of Italy My man and hash this out
2: <laughs> You know what Y'all can get the cup of the cookout And we'll hash it out Yeah
0: Well let's say Okay you can't transpose like American race critiques And American race race ideologies to this area in the middle east that is true but at the same time you can you can transpose the critique of whiteness onto this in the sense that like white is this very fungible category that can be used and deployed for a colonial a a system of colonial exploitation and i think that that's operative here i think it's very obvious that that's operative here especially in all the propaganda that israel puts out and in the way that it's like read in the American evangelicals mind again like this is part part of this is that like in, in this really weird very anti-semitic way like the Christian evangelical sees all this as like things are finally just moving right, settling into right.
1: place just the fulfillment of prophecy the, the bird man hair, rub, yeah, that's yes. the
0: other thing man
1: is instead of viewing that that's that's the problem with trying to reason with these people too is they don't see children and parents and pit grandparents and all these people being massacred as a humanitarian crisis they see it as the fulfillment of prophecy yeah. Yeah.
0: yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and
1: that is the disturbing part of it yeah. that is why that is not christianity that is white nationalism right? yeah, <laughs> exactly, Friends exactly. laundered through the lens of christianity so as to insulate it from criticism same thing that zionism's project is doing in judaism same thing that islamist ideology is doing with the isis and these people
0: yeah right right they're
1: all fucking reprobates (laughs) yeah yeah
0: well and 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 also also just like yes evangelicals and conservatives in the united states the way that they engage with this is purely as spectacle i mean it is like the, the, they see this entire thing, yes, as, like, fulfillment of the prophecy, and that's why they're able to completely sort of disattach from it and sort of, like, laugh at it from a distance and say that, like, it's all sort of, like, moving as, as prophesied. It's all, like... Everything
2: the, is going to according to everything plan. Everything
0: going according <laughs> to plan. So you've got the conservatives, like, dealing with this as pure spectacle. You've got the liberals dealing with it as pure illusion in the sense that they, they can't... They, they don't deal with the facts on the ground as it is at all... But they still have to deal with the uh, the p- sort of like political concerns with the diplomatic mm-hmm. concerns of it And then you've got the leftists who are the only ones with any semblance of a critique of what's actually happening who are, who are engaged with the reality in any conceivable way? And again, that's I'm just speaking to how it plays out in America But that's just how I've seen it because there's just been a lot of confusion over the, the past weekend for myself included about like why like I mean truly like why can't even like Bernie and I'm not like holding him up as like this saint or martyr of American sure. leftism as like the as the coming second coming of Christ or whatever for a social democracy but like but
1: as like the most principled yeah. or historically the most principled of our reformist politicians
2: right exactly he might why not be a Bolshevik
1: he say, but he's like he's you thought you would think
2: he's pretty fucking decent right
0: right yeah, yeah like why can't even he call for a ceasefire. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. Yeah. as a side tangent, can you guys imagine how fucking insane it would have been if Bernie would have won the presidency and Bernie was president right now and he was the, and he was saying like no, no ceasefire Ce- calls for I ceasefire. I think I would repugnant. walk into the sea, dog. I would, I would, I would lose all it, faith in anything at all. It I would have like, shattered the left in so many different ways.
1: I would have been like Homer Simpson in the bushes, but not. It wouldn't be bushes. It would just be flames. <laughs> 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 just slide back
2: into the flames.
1: I would just, yes, just self-immolate. Man. It's like the movie Us,
2: yeah, where like where the other doppelganger walks back into the fire. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's like you know. Um, I expect this shit from Hillary Clinton, you know? I mean, like, she's never going to be fucking president. And, I mean, she's a fucking ghoul. But, like, yeah, man, you're right. It's, like, you would think that even among the people that are political pariahs within not just their own political party, the Democratic Party, but within political society, despite the fact that, like... Or the political spectrum, despite the fact that I think most Americans agree with, you know, an AOC type or a Bernie type with a social democracy, but you would even think, man, that you have nothing to lose, right? They've hung you out to dry like you are a clarion voice in the wilderness for 40-something years, and on this one fucking issue at the end of your fucking life where you don't have anything to lose it's just like it's again i think what you said the annihilation example terrence was really good because some people just don't want to walk into the into the annihilated zone dog or they don't see it it does not exist to them you know
0: or they're already in it and they don't even know that they're in it (laughs) exactly they're already in it they don't even know they're in it i think that there's two or possibly three things going on here i'm going to try to make this argument one of which is that the United States government and everybody within the top of the uh, United States government, including Bernie, who if you're in the Senate for as long as he's been in, you eventually start getting included on national security briefings. Like, that's just the reality. If you're a senator for more than like two or three decades, you get brought into the uh, the club with the Joint Chiefs of Staff because like at a certain point, your job becomes maintaining the union, the constitution. Maintaining empire. Yeah. Maintaining <laughs> empire. And so like, I think that part of it Is that a lot of these people Have so thoroughly They've so thoroughly internalized The idea that Palestinian lives Are like just entirely worthless as compared to israeli lives that like one israeli life is worth 1000 palestinian lives i really do yeah. think that like they don't yeah. even know that they're operating on that ideology but that is what they're op- you know what i'm saying
2: well dude that's that's exactly you're fucking right because we saw those with biden doing genocide denial which that okay that, that leading into insane. the weekend that leading into the weekend fucking i think that was last week late last week it that was last it was yeah pff, broke me dog that fucking broke me and yeah you're right i realized it was like dude like all right so how many israelis have died they said like 1400 right and how many palestinians have died Eight thousand. so like if you wanted to do that kind of like oh well uh, one israeli life is worth uh 2015 uh, american lives what biden said then how much is a palestinian life worth you know and then like if if you can't even if if like I think Matt Stoller had a tweet yo. They had deleted. And I'm just using him as an example because these are the people that are sensible leftists or progressives, yeah. at least, right? Who are still like fucking walk towing line, towing the line with like fucking butcherers, right? It's like, oh, um, how is it possible that there's that many women and children? It's like, dog, these are people like Biden who has access to information, right? Matt Stoller wrote a fucking book, dog. You have the wherewithal to do research. It's not about you. Add, do you actually doubt these claims? It's like what you said, Terrence. They don't think Palestinians are human beings.
0: Do you see it? Right, everywhere. their lives are worthless. Yeah, they, you see it everywhere. Like they are constant. Like I saw this tweet going around of pictures of Palestinian people bathing in the ocean. And like mm-hmm. the whole the the thing that the person was trying to convey was like oh sure looks like they're getting bombed they're out here having fun and somebody was like somebody got in the replies that is a is a Gazan and was like they're bathing you fucking moron their water has been cut off they can't yes. do laundry like what do you expect? I also
1: think they they pointed somebody pointed out that photo is from twenty fourteen too yeah but yeah
2: right, I, think right, right. Knight, I think Sam Knight I think Sam pointed that out yeah exactly <laughs> well, I think, I, <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I think the point is is that like they go to extraordinary lengths to. Constantly caught cast doubt on what the Palestinians themselves are saying and what we are seeing with our very eyes, yes dog yeah yeah man, and you know what too I, I gotta
2: say too especially with with Bernie and with um I think Bernie is an interesting case because I mean, as far as I know, like, you know, he took birth, right? He went there. He stayed in a kibbutz. And you would think that I've seen videos like TikToks, videos from people who were raised by a Zionist family who say straight up that when you go there, there is no illusion at all that you're walking into one of the most racist, fascistic countries on earth. So it's like, yo, dog, Sanders, like, you know this, you know this for a fucking fact, you know? Yeah. But I mean, again, I guess it's the maintenance of empire, right? Well, somebody
1: somebody had <laughs> pointed out on Twitter that said that they were talking about their bat mitzvah and said that uh, they were kind of raising his eye on his family and that at her, during her bat mitzvah speech, that she lamented that she didn't have any family die in the Holocaust. And so she didn't feel like an actual Jew. Oh and she was like, that's an insane God. thing for a child to believe. <laughs> you Dude, know what I
2: mean? Also, too, can I be straight up? Because I got in trouble with this, a uh, little trouble with this uh, yesterday. You know, because I mean, again, man, I'm, I'm a non-Jew, man. So there are some things where I'm like, yo, this is not like my place to say this. But I had to look this up. I mean... Zionists are some of the most anti-Semitic people, like you know that I've read about. It's because they think that Jews in the Holocaust, that suffered the Holocaust, their survivors are weak because I, of that. I will It reminds. Go ahead, go ahead, Terrence.
0: No, wait, no, finish your thought.
2: No, no, it just reminds me of you know I know it's not a one-to-one parallel, but it reminds me of people like Candace Owens or people like fucking um God, what's the fucking uh, Thomas Sowell, right? Who literally imply or directly outright say that black people. Um, that their suffering is their own fault. Not because they didn't fight back hard enough, but because of all these, well, that possibly too, but because of all these like attenuate like uh, associations and characteristics, like stereotypes that they make. So apparently it's their fault. So it's like for you to have that sort of like that have that like hammered into you, you know, that like you are not a real Jew because of either you didn't fight hard enough or either you didn't I don't, I don't know, you didn't have that, exp- your family didn't have that that, that that experience of shared suffering. That's just, I mean, I don't know, dude, that sounds anti-Semitic to me, you know what I mean? That's yeah, it
1: totally, it, it totally is. And it's no accident that, like, a lot of Zionists make common cause with evangelicals, because a lot of how they see the world is kind of tied into, like, ideas of predestination. Not necessarily in the Cal- Calvinist sense, yeah. but in the sense that, like, There's just certain things, certain people are going to have to suffer certain atrocities for uh, history to unfold how God has saw fit for it to unfold, which is completely unscriptural in Christian tradition because the Bible says that God gave Adam the power to subdue the earth, that God gave to the children of man earth and the fullness thereof, which means that— God's a materialist. Right. (laughs) right. Also, too, that we make history. That's what I mean. Not necessarily— as Marx would say. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I, like, history is not something floating in the aether above us, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah.
0: Uh, that's a thread i'll postpone my thing with bernie for just a second because that's a thread i want to follow because there's this book i've been reading that is honestly astounding i'm almost i'm like halfway through it but it's called revolutionary yiddishland a history of jewish radicalism one of the authors of this book is the daughter of this guy who was a bio a biology engineer in israel and stole a fuck ton of bioweapon secrets and gave them to the Soviet Union because he was like, he was like, to the day he died, he was like, Soviet Union saved Europe, like, saved European Jews from Nazis. Like, I'm a Soviet till I die. So it's
2: like, like I got y'all forever, yo. Anything yeah.
0: y'all need, I got you, dog. Yeah. Hit me up any time of night. But like, I the, the, this is a, it's a, I'm, I think I'm probably just bastardized that guy's <laughs> entire biography I apologize. Um, but like, I, the, the, the point that this book is trying to make is that, the the dream and the hope for a better world, a, a sort of like almost utopia on earth where people are taken care of. There's equal distribution of goods. People don't have to go hungry. They don't have to go sick. They don't have to be targeted by fascists and racists and everything else. That dream of what we would call communism is intimately bound up in the dream for Jewish liberation. I mean... Like it, it, it has its seedbed bed It the, comes out of it. It comes out of it in the 19th century, and like the experience yeah. of Eastern European Jews in uh, uh, the pogroms and in the various uh, ghettos of of Eastern Europe. And the the thing is, is that you see this like this dream of a better world, uh, and and people fighting for it and, and wanting to create this better world, and like fighting their own oppression. This is this history is not taught in Israel now, yeah. and the as you were saying, Aaron. In fact, a lot of as as far as I understand it, anyways, I didn't I don't live in Israel, I don't go to their schools, I don't know. But as far as if this book is to be believed, that narrative is actually peddled in Israel as one of a complicity with the Holocaust. That mm. that those that that the dream of anything other than a uh, state in palestine was what led to the holocaust and it's it's just this very fascinating thing man to where to see that like these these jewish socialists and communists in the 1920s and 30s like trying to fight for this better world and they all they all knew that like this final settling of scores with fascists in the form of like nazism that like that would be the one obstacle to To a better world that once you got that out of the way, once you finally settled this score on European soil, you'd finally be able to like build a better world. But that world never came. It was deferred. And so that begs the question, which is, I've been kind of trying to struggle with this recently, like, was that a malignancy on the body of the human race that we just excised for a short time? And then it's, ne- and we were in remission for 70 years, and now mm-hmm. it's finally resurfacing. And now and, it's re-
2: reared its ugly head. Yeah,
0: metastasizing everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, I don't know. It's maybe a sort of like metaphysical thing, just as much as it is a mit- material thing. But,
2: but, but you know, you went, you know, what you made me think about, Terrence. Um, talk about the uh, the socialist, um, the social, the, the socialist tradition in Judaism is like, man. It's so crazy to me how I think I'm thinking of Richie Torres cuz he's a he's a perfect guy uh, for this exactly as for an example actually. <laughs> when he said this motherfucker said who by the way was visiting in Arizona, motherfucker, you 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 fucking represent the Bronx, but you in Arizona chilling with Zionists, like that motherfucker needs to go, dog. I hate that motherfucker <laughs> so much. But so he said some shit like he had to delete the tweet because he basically uh, he basically um reanimated the uh, the judeo-bolshevism you know that the 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 fucking the the uh the anti-semitic uh narrative that all of the socialists and the communists were jews yo so it's just so insane to me and he was Uh saying that basically richard torres was saying oh all these groups like jewish voices for peace oh they're all working with dsa and shit like that which is like that's insanely anti-semitic but also too it's just strange to me that like yeah it seems like israel's far-right government is doing the same exact thing and has been doing the same exact thing right did you guys see i'm sorry these are some of the bravest people in the world people were calling them settlers colonizers like sure dude but there were a small group of people but a small important group of uh, israelis that were coming out and protesting against the war absolutely they could get shot and killed with impunity bro yeah that is the tradition right that should be upheld not this fucking Uh, like eugenics racialized bloodthirsty genocidal like apocalyptic fucking framework you know what i mean
1: yeah. now you, you can't you can't choose where you, you're born and, and grow up at and live. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not so like I would hesitate to like, you know, cast aspersions, especially as us living on stolen native land in that exactly. same sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. All the kudos in the world to them, man, because that's you're talking about a bloodthirsty fucking IDF that's you know, now there's evidence that they torched those kibbutzes that they put it on Hamas and stuff yeah. like that. These motherfuckers have no qualms, no qualms about cracking a few eggs to make an omelet.
0: I mean, you can even make the argument, and I saw this thread. It was a thread, and granted, this guy's not in Israeli government, but he ostensibly does work for the Israeli government in the United States, but he worked for, like, a nonprofit. Wait, can I just say what
2: you just said? He works for the Israeli government in the United States. What other country... Okay, I'm
1: sorry. I'm just saying, like, Bro, what other country... Bro, you would be with? cast out as a fucking apostate <laughs> traitor if you plugged in, in the name of literally any other country. <laughs>
0: literally. Well, I mean true tr- tr- there are like diplomats that's, <laughs> true, are, that's like, true true yeah. fair,
3: well, fair, yeah. fair 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 but I'm just <laughs> okay, thinking
2: about so. <laughs> like
0: something from Zimbabwe dog like <laughs> coming in and being
2: like you know what I mean like any non-white country but you're right you're right though it's true I, we I, do have diplomats
0: so. the point uh, anyways the point he the, he worked for this organization the The mission of which was to maintain unity among the various Jewish sects in the United States mm-hmm. and he had this thread that was just like fuck it if you're not if you don't support the state of Israel you're not Jewish and i I can see this like i can very much easily see especially after reading this book and reading the history of like the jewish struggle and how like the jewish bourgeoisie in france during vichy france called themselves israelites and not jews like they specifically distanced themselves from the working class jewish socialists like Mm -hmm. you can easily see how like you can get a situation where the state of israel becomes the largest purveyor of anti-semitism globally by like by like you know, having off half of the you know, the entire uh, diaspora from the Jewish experience and saying, "Well, they're not actually Jews." That's insane. That would be yeah. state-sponsored anti-Semitism at that point, and they're towing that line. They're very, they're getting very, very close to that point, yeah. and um, I don't know. It's just, it's just this thing that like Americans are going to have to reckon with. Like you, you, I mean, again, it's just like this is. You know, Tom and I grew up evangelical. This is something that we have been, you know, taught and, like, you know, ingrained in our heads from day one. We're all going to have to uh, reckon with this. And, mm. uh, and our, I don't know. You know what I've been thinking of, man? And I hope I'm not, um, you know,
2: hope I'm not uh, uh exaggerating here. or My my concerns are unwarranted. But I don't know, man. I just keep thinking about, like, like how—and I'm not saying that Israel do the same exact thing. The circumstances are not there. But just how Nazi Germany, you know— like, like had, like you know, had Hitler had the Nazi Party had these like global, like dom, like world domination ambitions. You know what I mean? And probably the only thing was that they didn't have nuclear weapons at the time. You know what I mean? They were, they were working towards them. You know, and the United States just beat them first. I mean, to be fair, the United States also took a lot of their fucking scientists and shit like that. But I'm just like, yo, like, like does it not make the world less stable when you have a rogue, like, fascistic, authoritarian, genocidal state? in an already fraught region of the world with nuclear weapons. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. are we going to be dragged into World War 3 because the United States can't just tell Israel to fucking chill? You know what I mean?
0: I think that's the case and you know why? This this explains why I think I think this explains Bernie's silence on this. I was reading again, I was reading this book. This bo- they released this book in 1983 because they did a lot of oral histories with fighters who fought in the Jewish boond and who fought in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, who fought in Republican Spain. Um, and so they put this book out in 1983. They re-released it in 2009. And in the preface, they were talking about, like, a book like this could not be released today. the cli- With the climate the way it is, like, you could still release things that were critical of Israel in the early 80s. You can't do that anymore. And I think the thing is... I was waiting
1: for you to... I'm so conditioned. I was waiting for you to say, because of wokeness. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because yeah. of wokeness, you anyway.
0: <laughs> It's kind of true though The woke mind virus (laughs) But I think the, The point is Is that I think Maybe there's gotta be Some sort of Corresponding theory In like Systems theory Or something but i genuinely think that like once things reach a sort of in game you see more and more desperation and entrenchment than you do open mindedness and a willingness to like cooperate and so like yeah. i think that like it's obvious to us defense department planners and everything that the in game is here with israel and that's why netanyahu is calling this their second war of independence by the way he literally said that.
2: That is so dark.
0: What the fuck? I didn't I know think, that, Jesus. I, like, they, they know that their end game is here with this Palestinian question. And so there has to be lockstep on this. And you see this all across the board. It's the same thing with climate. Like, I was telling Tom the other night, ExxonMobil just bought up uh, an entire dr- drilling corporation and an entire other oil corporation because they're, they're not getting out of fossil fuels anytime soon. People, I mean, like, th- no, it's the same thing with the climate. Once you reach a certain point, once they realize that they're going down with this motherfucker, they're entrenching. They're not trying to diversify or trying to cooperate or negotiate or anything. They're going to entrench until it takes everything else along with it in its death spiral. And I think that probably accounts for why Bernie and everybody in the state can't bring themselves to call for a ceasefire. Because probably the fucking Joint Chiefs of Staff came in and said, look, they're fucking doing this. You better shut the fuck up because this is a matter of national security. With like the barrel of a gun to the back of his head. I mean, I hope I'm not making like a light example,
2: but it's like, I mean, you're right, man. I'm not. Even, it's just the end game, man. It's like, it's like you know, when you have not only nothing to lose, but everything to lose, right? In this one like precipitous moment, you know, like uh, it's mask off. You know, this is why. Like, I think that, I mean, we've all been shocked and disgusted, but some of the comments that I've been seeing online, right? Some of the rhetoric that I've been seeing from people, it is straight up just like. There's no pretense anymore, you know? Well, Like, there's no pretense. And these are the designs. I mean, as I said before and as we've said, I think this is these are their designs for the future, you know? Yeah. They're seeing how much of this we can swallow, right,
0: and accept, yeah. right, before they apply it wholesale, right? I think it's, yeah, I think it's like that across where, I was like, again, I was telling Tom the other night, like, I heard a stat the other day that blew my fucking mind, which is that, like, in America... We drill our oil here, right? But our oil processing like crude processing facilities don't have the capacity or the ability to process oil anymore cuz like I think now the most profitable form of oil is like light Brent crude. And it was like 20 years ago it was like heavy was that oil light or some shit like I that. I guess yeah, it's like oil light. That <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that coke. <laughs> oil died oil, oil like the fuck. Like okay. we are so we're so committed to the climate apocalypse now. It would be more expensive to to retrofit fit and upgrade those oil processing facilities. So instead, we export our oil and then re-import it. We export it to be to be processed and then reimport it. Like <laughs> what that's the fuck. Like that's that's the level of commitment to the fucking death spiral here. That is and, so convoluted, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dog. It's like nah, nigga, I'm gonna kill myself. Don't stop
2: me. Don't stop that's me. That's the thing. Uh, it's <laughs> like
1: you know, listen. My mother always said of people like, you know, that so and so with life, the truth sounded better. That is the United States. We just do shit that doesn't make any sense even if there's a better alternative, just because we're so
0: committed to you know. Well I think uh, I think you're right. I think but I think you have to have a historical view on this. That was not true sixty years ago. We weren't going to go to nuclear war just to fucking do it just because it was more efficient and easier. There were stayed hands. Curtis LeMay wanted to fucking bomb Cuba back into the Stone Age, and Kennedy was like, get that fucking creep out of here, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. We don't we don't have those bulwarks anymore. No. Like, sensible people that's like, okay, actually, this is bad to unleash these forces in the world. Those forces have had... I mean it's getting ready to be all Hollows Eve, right? So the veil between the living and the dead is supposed to be the thinnest tonight, right? Yeah. yeah. It's kinda of like that in American politics. Except the ghouls have just been bursting through the veil just, because right. the veil got too thin because all the sensible people got assassinated. Not to be like a big Kennedy guy or anything, but No, but you're serious, dog. They're all bike. Mig- all the demons
2: and ghouls are migrating here in our realm. But also too, it's just like it's like I I saw some shit and again, you know, I'm not a I'm not a history buff, man, but it's just a lot of like bits and pieces I see online. But somebody had said that Reagan in 1980 something, I guess, I think when um Israel was like, you know, ha- was having a war with Lebanon, I think. I think he yeah. had said I think he had said like, yo, this is a genocide. Like you need to stop, like he told the Israeli PM at the time and they cut it out. You know, I'm not saying that the United States is like big daddy. That's going to be like, oh, knock it off. But I mean, you do supply them with weapons you spot yeah. them with the resources that they need. If Biden was like, yo, cut that shit out. I mean, I think they would be inclined to do it. Right. But we don't yeah. even have people like that anymore. We don't even have we don't even have like people that are so, I mean, addled by Alzheimer's, losing their, their Swiss cheese brains. Right. Yeah. We had people like that that would still do not even the right thing, dog. Just the. Sensible, pragmatic thing if you it, want to continue the human race right
0: it's the we combida- don't even have that anymore, though. yeah, it's the combination of the worst thing which things which is that like yeah, you do have a situation kind of like world War one where like uh, where like every world leader is either like syphilitic senile <laughs> or like inbred, and it's like uh and it's Britain like Hitler do what <laughs> In
1: case of syphilitic yeah and it's,
0: and it's like uh. And so, like, I mean, you do have that situation, but then you've also got this, like, sort of structural situation where, like I said, it's, like, sort of entered in an in-game. game. People, people think that, like, shit like this is static. Like, even, like, a sort of apartheid system, that, like, it doesn't have any kind of, like, contradictory logic to it, that it won't eventually run up against its own ideological capacities and, and things that will then bring it into a crisis state. It's like, no, it has finally done that. It's finally broken out of its, like, sort of capacity to contain contradiction. And, again, I think that this is, like, a massive problem (laughs) geopolitically, and I think it partially explains why a lot of the U.S. state is dug in their fucking heels, and it could be at their own peril. I mean, like, I was reading that Washington Post article about how the Muslim, you know, Arab community in the United Mm. States is entirely just shocked, appalled at Biden about about to
2: sit out 2024, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can basically kiss Michigan goodbye, man. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I don't know. Th- that's a whole other dimension to this discourse we've not even discussed. Like, all the people being like, well, enjoy Trump in 2024. It's like, bitch, I don't care. <laughs> Bro, I, I don't. I, I, f- I stopped caring a long time ago. You know ago. what? When people
1: say that, you know what I see in my mind's <laughs> <It's> eye?
3: <beautiful>. I, <laughs> I don't
1: see anything but Anton Shagur saying if the, if the robe, that brought you to... What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no country for old man?
0: Yeah. It's the road that brought if you... the road that brought you here. Of what use was the road? I'll of what
1: use the was road. the road. But they don't yeah. see it that way. They don't
0: see it as like a... Because they don't see Palestinians as people. They just see this as like another abstract game on the other side of the world that will help their party's chance of winning the fucking White House. Whereas like we have a larger macro structural analysis of this. We see how this will affect all of us. Uh... I mean, you know, I gotta say
2: too, man, um, you know, uh, the only person that has had any any conviction at all, which makes fucking sense. I mean, there are a few people like Cory Bush is always yeah. on the right side, you know, and again, yeah. like this the political shit, man, I'm sorry, but I've tuned out a long time ago, where I'm talking about electoral shit. like it doesn't fucking matter, but i can I can respect. People that truly serve their communities, like Corey Bush or Rashida Tlaib, of course, right? Can you imagine, dude, being like the second? Because I think Justin Mosh is the first Palestinian American, but his family fucking died. Some of his family members died. And of course, he's still talking about Hamas, which is just to go, to, just goes to show you how like Senate brained, right? Or just how institutional brained this person is, right? But like Rashida Tlaib is the only fucking person, dog, who like, could you imagine, like, you seeing your family members, your people dying? And your own fucking president, who's the same member of your party, the leader of your party, is discounting and discrediting those deaths? Like, yeah. of course I could expect the Muslim Arab community within the United States to be like, no, fuck that. Because, I mean, honestly, too, you listener or anyone else out there, I mean, you listener, you're probably like, fuck Biden, too. But, I mean, for anyone else, if they're doing that to Palestinians, right, right? If they, if they're doing with Palestinians, what would make, what makes you think that they wouldn't just fucking throw you under the bus too, dog? When the yeah. time comes, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who yeah, would it, make you think right. they
0: wouldn't just be like, you know what? We did it before. We can do it again. It makes just me, at home. It makes you wonder. Hmm. Why were they supporting Black Lives Matter? It's probably because yeah. they wanted the fucking votes. Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh, this is so insane. Did
0: y'all see this?
1: Where the. <laughs> Somebody was demanding accountability from New York Jets head coach Robert Sala, who's yes. the first Muslim NFL coach.
0: Because he, he was wearing because, a
1: Lebanese flag? Yeah, which was just part of the NFL's, like, in racism thing. They encouraged people to, like, wear the patches of their, like, nationalities, like, on their gear or whatever. So he just got the Lebanon because he's Lebanese. And somebody was like, no, I won't... I demand Heads why rolled. is he doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, fucking
0: insane, dude. Dude, that's just, <laughs>
2: that's just so insane to me man. Well
0: that's the thing. It's like you forget how like stupid racists are. And that's what's really scary. It's like, man. I mean, I I don't want to like give the impression that like we have no agency in this. Because like, mm. on the contrary, I think we have quite a bit. I think that like Continuing to call for a ceasefire is like forcing the contradictions out into the open on this. And if it means that Biden, let's fucking turn the tables. All right, I'm 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 down to fucking crack a few eggs to make an omelet. If it means Biden doesn't get reelected, then fuck that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck, it, it what, what does it fucking matter? It's like it's like Thomas said over and over again. The whole fucking appeal was kids in cages at the border. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But all we keep seeing is more people in cages, more people bombed. Yep. And more justifications why we should put kids in cages and bomb people.
2: I mean listen, dog, from the moment this motherfucker said if you don't if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black, I already wasn't gonna go vote for the (laughs) motherfucker. I was especially like, well shit, man, guess I gotta turn in
0: my black card, bro, because I'm not black.
2: It's like
0: like the opposite (laughs) of a poll tax. It's like exactly it's it's like you don't get to vote unless you're black and it has to be for the Democratic Party. I mean dude,
2: this is the way they do it sometimes, dog. I mean just again, I could imagine I mean I could imagine because I'm seeing this already. Like like progressives and liberals and people like that are like not wonks, but like Wonk Shore, but people who work in DC and shit like that, that are like chastising, land your or, say again, what'd you
1: say? Lanyard dicks. Yeah, lanyard dicks, exactly.
2: These fucking lanyard dicks that are telling Muslim Americans, right? Muslim Muslims and Arab Americans, sorry, telling them that like well, if you don't vote for joe biden and what do you want trump to win he's just gonna make it worse i mean dude what can be worse than a genocide right now bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying like what, what do you mean worse yeah you know
1: yeah it's like there. Uh, i think we're mm, feels a little bit like we're there you know at worst
0: <laughs> it makes you are, man. it's interesting it makes me wonder uh, this is kind of a side tangent but i was like sort of like wondering out loud about this to tom the other night which is that, like, it almost makes me wonder if part of this isn't meant in some way. Because I remembered us doing an episode back in February 2021, right after Biden got into office. One of his very first things was he bombed Syria. I don't know if y'all remember this. He I bombed think I do several. That, yeah. yeah, he bombed, like, what uh-huh. they said were several ISIS places in Syria. And his quotation at the time was that we are doing foreign policy for the middle class. He said, bombing, d- like, these kind of actions will benefit the middle class. And it, it's made me wonder ever since then, and, I've, and I've, it's sort of stuck in my brain. Uh. It's made me wonder if, like, part of what's going on here isn't a new kind of, like, maybe military Ke- Keynesianism, where, like, so you've had all these people on, like, Bernie's camp talking about modern monetary theory, like MMT, which put very, very crudely, is the, basically the idea that you can print as much money as possible. Because we have sovereign currency, right? Because we have sovereign currency. It's backed You're up okay, by our military. Okay, yeah. There's, we, there's mm. no gold standard. So, like, what backs mm. up a fiat currency is the might of the American military. And they were arguing this back in the Green New Deal days as a argument for why we could afford welfare programs and Green New Deal just transition programs and stuff like that. It makes me wonder if... Uh, it makes... it Because, like we saw how that like played out in the pandemic year in 2020, but like they're now doing this with like EV production. Like the American government subsidizes a fuckload of EV production, both at the Mm -hmm. consumer end and at the manufacturing end. And so it makes me, it makes me wonder if they're not doing a kind of like MMT thing, a sort of like military Keynesianism to like foreign policy for the middle class, go to war to build up the trades, to build up like a solid middle-class voting constituency that will, you know, basically tie that voting bloc's fate to the that of the Democratic Party, yeah. Uh, and, and their con- no, it, go
2: ahead. yeah, no, no, and their conception too of um of um um how can I say it of um I mean their 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 conception too of like enrichment I guess personal enrichment like this is good for them you know what dude I think that's two pronged because one when that middle the war for the middle class one definitely economic right in terms of like a military and keynesian what you were saying but i also think like it has to do to like add value to like the libidinal economy right of like like of like racial oppression and shit like that like it's basically like like i don't know man i know this is again it's a one-to-one but every time that there's a shooting in a black community or you know there's some act of racial violence it, it, it makes me feel like america has to renew itself in the blood of oppressed people like mm. like like ritually yeah. almost like thomas jefferson said yeah. there has to be a revolution to yeah you're renew-. Right. but it's that's like inverted what it is.
0: yes inverted that's exactly what it is it it's has not to a, make- it's not in the blood of tyrants <laughs> it's in the blood of oppressed people yes. yes it's in the blood of
2: oppressed people to make white people to make mostly white people the same white people that fucking biden who lives who live in fucking um where, where i fucking live um not where i live but like in fucking um petri city and shit like that right. you know what i mean and fucking like neighborhoods in atlanta around that that are very like well off and white it's so those people can feel like their station in the world is comfortable and secure and that these brown savages over there are being taken care of and they're not going to come float our doorstep you know what I yeah I'm saying? yeah that
1: yeah, the twofold. twain
2: shall meet yeah
0: you're right <laughs> yeah, it's twofold that actually makes so much sense because that was tom and i were talking about this on the main episode this past week about how like the, the hypocrisy of america and it, america is what's really so disgusting like it, it's constant evoking of these higher loftier ideals of equality and everything but how it at every step of the road does not meet those and, in fact, goes out of its way to not do so. The renewing of itself in the blood of oppressed people actually allows it to have that sort of function. Say, like, look, we are. We are actually uh, aspiring towards greater heights. We are aspiring towards equality and all these things. It's just an exact... Go ahead, go ahead, No, 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 no.
1: just, it just, I mean, to draw back to the biblical parallels, which might make sense why they're laundering that cause through the lens of Christianity. Yeah. Where a God had to be, from an oppressed people, had to be brutally, in the most, you know, uh, rough terms, murdered. You know, right. By the state. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just
2: No, uh, no, 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 man. It's just it's just it's just it's just I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I guess I'm just been I mean, we've all been losing our minds, man, but but I hate to say the racial element, the race relations of it. But seriously, dude, I mean Brianna Wu's tweet who I always thought Brianna Wu was an Asian woman and I found out she was just some white chick and that really made me irrationally upset for some reason yo dude I mean you know what I could be wrong bro maybe her dad maybe her mom I could be wrong you could probably cut this out I don't know but anyway that's besides the point but no it actually is the point because she's a fucking white woman dog this shit made me so fucking mad where these white people are comparing brown people trapped in a fucking (laughs) cage not only is she white she's from West Virginia dog she's Appalachian (laughs) <laughs> yeah she actually she's her name is Wu because she's married okay yeah, that makes sense But yeah. dude, like she said some shit like yo um um like comparing oh my god yo I want to remember the tweet because this is like bur- it, it was burned into my brain she said she was comparing Palestinians not even Hamas to the confederacy yo she was comparing um the the, the term from the river to the sea is like when people say the confederate flag is about heritage and dude Again, oh I, the, I, I would hate
1: to break this to you, but if we're going to draw Civil War parallels from the river to the sea, General Sherman comes to my <laughs> mind more than the Confederates. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing I that is I was
0: true. My my yeah, my it man, was
1: right there, Brianna, and you totally
0: whiffed it. My man really did that. go march from, from the river city. to the city,
1: <laughs> from the, <laughs> he, from the really did. from the Mississippi River to the, the city. Which Zionists were actually terrified is going to happen to Israel? <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> Which makes sense
2: why fucking modern day Confederates are still so fucking I, salty. But like, yeah, dude, no, I just I just guess I just like, how are you comparing again? Uh, it's just you have to invert it, like you were saying, yeah. Terrence. You have to invert it. You know what I mean? I you have, have to make seen that poor people better oppressed as nazis confederates whatever you know
0: i have seen people i have seen liberal politicians in the united states saying that that like hamas is basically like equivalent to your like your average chud conservative in america they would vote for trump yeah it's like i mean it's it's really just uh without unpacking all of that there's a lot that's in there it's just i mean it's really just the the whole thing of like do you denounce That's Hamas? That's so fucking stupid. It's like, the whole, the whole thing is like, do you, de- like the, the like them trying to press you, like, do you denounce Hamas? It's like, would you ask a Palestinian that? Like, they might say yes, but they might say no. But the act of asking in and of itself. I should have, that- I should have asked my Palestinian barber
1: this morning when he cut my hair. I was going, I was talking to him because I, I kind of asked him about it because he said, man, I had a bad day yesterday. And the reason he had a bad day is he, him and his wife are expecting a child any day now. And things are getting dicier and dicier back home and he's worried rightly that his parents yeah. might not ever meet their grandchild all that kind yeah. of shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> that's what I should have said. I was like, Well, brother, I hate to you know, what you gotta do first is you gotta denounce Hamas.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, that's
1: first and foremost. That's the first
0: step. Do. It's you twelve be- it's like it's like twelve <laughs> steps to liberation. It's like it's like this twelve step program for liberation. It's like the first step is uh you know, the first step is you gotta admit you have a problem. Second step, denounce Hamas. Denounce yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Also, too, like, I mean, could you imagine if any time that Israel bombed a country, bombed like, I mean, bombed Palestinians? Any time that Israel fucking um, um, slaughtered, murdered Palestinians, could you imagine going up to like, like Jerry Nadler? Or any Jewish congressperson and asking them, "Yeah, do you denounce the state of Israel?" Like I saw people following around Rashida Talib and asking her, "Does she denounce Hamas?" <laughs> like that is just, again, dude, we are we are barreling back, not even forwards. Even though we're barreling towards this dark, horrible future, we're barreling back to nineteenth-century racism, dog. Yeah, Out uh, of darkness,
1: shit, bro. Aaron, it's not really racism. I can't tell you how many times people harass me to, to denounce Pat Robertson and uh, Jerry Falwell. And, uh, yeah, that murderer's row of fucking fat, decrepit, now dead old fucking <laughs> scum. I,
2: you, you, know, you know, that's fair because, uh, you know, people have asked me before, you know, as the son of Jamaican immigrants have I denounced the D.C. sniper who was a Jamaican? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> did you denounce
1: boy Malvo? You, former, also former listener of mine and Terrence's radio program. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I told you that's so fucking crazy, man. Jesus.
0: Oh man. Maybe told me that. That's fucking crazy. You are you. You guys are onto something though, uh because the 19th century, yes, was an absolutely abhorrent time for like racial ideologies, but also a very wild time for religious ideologies, like both are, you know, these things that are in that century very much, like, in flux and in violent contradiction with one another. Uh, And I want to return to a point I just was talking about a minute ago, sort of speculating on the kind of, like, maybe new Democratic Party's military Keynesianism, because, like, they've talked about this over and over again about how they're leaving neoliberalism behind. And I do think that, like, even if I'm wrong, you have to keep that in mind as this moves forward. You have to keep it in mind that, like, their program is trying to chart a new course, like a new sort of regime of accumulation that is like away from neoliberalism. That is not a good thing. The the Fordist family model, you know what I mean? Like the Fordist wage system of like the mid 20th century allowed for a lot of, basically what it allowed for was just to kick the can down the road on civil rights and everything else in the pursuit of anti-communism, like these are not good things. They're not like yes, they bring momentary stability to middle-class families in America. And not for everyone, by the way. And too, not for a lot everyone. Of black families didn't <laughs> and, enjoy it in that. Exactly. Way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so, like that's the thing. Like in in that, is, there are contradictions that lead us all to our own unraveling and undoing. I think that's the that is the argument for theory and for understanding history. But it's also the theory. It's also the argument for solidarity, because if that's the case, then we have to have deep relations in like the trade unions and Absolutely. our neighborhoods. Because like again, if that's if what they're gonna do is try to like buy everybody off with like, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, because like we're shipping more arms overseas and we're just hitting the money printer. Like that's not gonna be good. That's not gonna work for anybody.
2: No, uh, uh, this this is why, man. You know, I have to say, um in um in london i think this weekend over five hundred thousand people right um in cities all across this country right um just this past saturday right there was a um a pro-palestine rally in downtown atlanta right which the cops there have been several the cops are increasingly um harassing people right but um yo you know like as you were saying solidarity i mean this is why the news is not covering it you know yeah this is Canada why too, like by the Canada way. too. nobody i mean all actually also, also all across the muslim world right Yeah, this is why like what like what's that we mentioned this quote before what's that mal quote right if you got haters or some shit like that <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> i'm doing modern version in- if you have haters you're doing something right
0: when the enemy attacks you it's not a bad thing but a good thing Exactly. This is why they have to,
2: the absurd. I mean, the propaganda dog is getting so bone dry, like they're running out of shit. Yeah. Because then they have to denounce 500,000 people in London protesting as pro Hamas supporters. How long do you think? Many of which are people- Jews. Yeah, yo, dude, in Grand Central, we fucking New York, bro. The the fucking absurd image of fucking NYPD officers, police, like in uh, taking out Jewish protesters in handcuffs in the fa- in the name of anti fascism, yeah. dog. Like, all they have to work overtime now because as much as we are on teetering on the edge of something frightening, right? Um, I think people. I mean, dude, I don't know, man. You can't make a bomb. You know, that can kill like the human will to live, dog. You know what I mean? You can kill as many people as you want, yeah. right? In all these countries throughout the world. But there are, I mean, and again, I might be super optimistic, but at the same time, this moment is, I mean, one of the lowest points in human history. Again, in my life, as you opened up the show with um, Terrence, it's also incredibly promising because for a minute, I really didn't think that, I thought in my mind, I was like, yo, like decades from now, no one's gonna remember this happened. Everyone's gonna say, or if they do remember, they're gonna say that they were on the right side. And I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen, man. I think that, um, I think there's a potential to stop something even more horrible than what already has gone on before it happens, you
1: know? Yeah. Why it's so important, I think, because I I think about this too, and like, (laughs) if I'm going to witness to my family members on this point or whatever the case is, why it all matters so much, really and truly is if this is allowed to go on, nothing matters. And we talk about the e-crisis, right? The epistemological crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea that we could sit by idly and let people be wiped off and no record of them ever existing. Like, nothing else matters at that point. No, No grandstanding about our morals or our lofty ideas as a country or this, that, and the third. None of it fucking matters. Why do we go to work? why do we love one another why like nothing else matters that's why it matters to everybody that's why everybody's got to get involved in this yeah. you know what i mean because it's like
2: yeah uh, anyway it's, it's a there's a quote i want to pull it up real quick because i was texting um friend of the show um i don't know if she's a patron a patron but stephanie um i know her from twitter and she said something man she said to accept that she said uh to accept that what we can do is both never enough and it's also everything it's all we have you know and i've really been trying to like contend with that because it's like i feel like not just me but like you know us in the imperial core like me in my cushy house you know like what the fuck can i do but the point is understanding that that's not enough but at the same time that's all that we could fucking do you know what i mean because like you said tom then nothing fucking matters what are all these lofty ideals for they're for naught if you can't stop if we can't I'm going to say can't stop, right, because these these things are in motion and these these there's, they seem so beyond us. But if you can't even just fucking go outside, man, and join a movement, if you can't fucking like anyone, right, whether it's your fucking neighbor or your fucking rep- representative or your congressperson or well, shit, dude, you're fucking president, dog, you know, withholding yeah. any participation in the sham that's allowing people to be slaughtered. Right? If we can't stop this, man, then nothing fucking matters, dog. You know, if we can't even try to stop this, then nothing fucking matters.
0: That's the thing. It's like, because we have to prepare for the possibility that we can't stop it in the sense that, like, in which case, yes, there will require an escalation of uh, tendencies, an escalation of uh, strategies, uh, tactics. And so I think that, like, that is also something that you have to prepare for. I do think, though, that, like, this has demonstrated to the entire left how completely riven and full of contradictions the lib- the liberal party is the democratic party and i think it's important to keep all that in mind and also i just also want to say just from like the standpoint of history and like deep history that like we not o- we owe this to all of those not only to like the palestinians who were you know, kicked out of their land, driven from their homes in the original Nakba, but like all of those Jewish socialist militants yeah. who died trying to create a better world. And I'm not like, I don't, I'm not like trying to do the Richie Torres thing and say that like communism is a Jewish, uh, Tradition. I'm not. I'm. I didn't. I hope not doing the Judeo-Bolshevik. Yeah, I hope people didn't misinterpret that earlier. What I was trying to say, and I probably didn't articulate it well enough, is that all of those socialists (laughs) knew that their struggle was bound up with everyone else's struggle with all the oppressed peoples of the world, and more importantly, the proletariat, the working class. That was it. And so I think that like that's what you're fighting for. Not not just the working class and and all the. people that are targeted targeted around the world but for like the the history for like those people yeah. that came before us and like yeah. lost their lives for us and you know helped push that will forward of history yeah. and
2: uh you know what i'll say too man i would say uh you know not to be no nah, not even man i would say like For the future, too, man, because I keep thinking about my nephew, dog, and that's why, like, you know, I mean, who wouldn't get torn up by seeing kids getting pulled out of rubble? But, I mean, this motherfucker's three years old, man, and I'm looking at little Palestinian kids, you know what I'm saying, that are his height, his age, you know, that are, I mean, dealing with things that most adults will never have to fucking go through, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to, like, I don't want, like, 20, you know, 15, 20 years from now when his generation, right... I mean, God, you know, God forbid, like, they have a world, right, to inhabit. But he's going to be like, you know, they're going to be like, well, this is insane. Like, what did you do at the time? What did y'all do? What did people do? And if you, if you can say that, like, all right, well, you know, we might have lost this one, but, like, at least we fought. If you can't even say that, then I don't know, man. That's just, like, one of the most shameful things, you know, trying to explain this shit, you know, to future generations and trying to explain it away the same way that older generations or I guess the sort of political framework that we have now, they try to explain away the past, you know, explain away atrocities, you know, continue to throw people under the bus after they've already died. Like we, we need to we need to. I mean, if never again means anything, that means that like never again. Right. For everybody, you know, and for the future. Right. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. You know, I, but, yeah. And you invokes the future. It's like I keep coming back around to that. Uh, the climate issue, too because in my in my mind like these these two things mirror each other yeah. in the sense that like you can no longer defer history you can't put it off any longer like it's finally here uh and everything is at stake i think to i don't i hate to be hyperbolic but i mean it seems very and maybe again maybe this like You know, maybe American diplomats and Biden uh, wake up tomorrow and say, oh, my God, we we they have a a moment of consciousness and they say, like, we have to stop this. And and then Mm -hmm. things get patched up and there's truth and reconciliation and everything. But look at the American government and look at the Israeli government. Do you think that's going to happen anytime soon? These people are out for blood, especially especially the Israeli government. You can see it in the, the the things they say like Netanyahu said this is their second war of independence this is an existential thing in the sense that like they which also is a crazy statement right because it's like independence from what what are you talking
2: about? <laughs> oh, you mean independence nigga didn't you get the land bro it was given to you after they kicked bro, people Let well, me oh, tell you, you something
1: man that is that American mentality that is that middle class mentality yeah. somebody with all the advantages in the world and yet still they're the aggrieved person yeah you
0: know yeah <laughs>
3: Then I saw a beast come out of the sea having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his head were blasphemous names. Daniel chapter two it predicts the coming of the you know the the, the world superpowers God God's superpowers that one is uh, the Babylon Media Persia, Greece Rome phase one Rome phase two Rome phase two are the ten toes of that image that uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw and Daniel interpreted for him. Well, this symbol is about the same power the ten horns here. It's about ten nations that will come out of the Roman culture and people and that it will be the final uh, coalition of power that will be the last world superpower.
0: Really wild. Um. Y'all want to get, like, real millenarian, though, for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Tom has not to put you on the spot, and you don't have to actually... Actually, maybe maybe I should save this, actually. But I feel like... Tom, I mean, it's like talking with Tom the other night. Like, you had a mm-hmm. a pretty decent theory that Netanyahu might actually be the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, look, you look in the Scripture, the, the characteristics of the Antichrist, the Scripture says that he has the power to call fire out of heaven. And that he speaks blasphemies. And well, I'm thinking about how they're framing this like if if you don't pay this fealty to the state of Israel, you're not you're not really Jewish. Yeah. Like the most blasphemous statement you can make, like if you don't pay fealty to the Likud government that's running this, that's running roughshod over these people, that not for nothing, that Christ comes out of, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Then you are in fact not a Christian. All right. Oh. Call fire out of heaven. It's kind of easy to see how that, like, uh, you know, having all these bombs that you're dropping on people and having the full power of the most bloodthirsty military in the world at your disposal could be construed as being able to call fire out of heaven.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you know? like, literally, actually, like, literally. That's the way it fucking looked, like some of the pictures I saw out of Gaza. Yeah. Again, apop- apocalyptic, man.
1: What? Yeah. He exalts himself against the knowledge of God, you know? Yeah. This is a guy that, you know... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I could go on, but, but I think there's there's if the if 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 the Bible is real, and I, again I'm not saying it is or isn't or anything else, I ain't making a judgment call. I'm just saying you could make a compelling case that Benjamin Netanyahu is <laughs> in fact the biblical <laughs> antichrist. And the funny thing is this, too, and me and Terrence talked about this. Millenarian and evangelical Christians The the whole life they grew up telling me, "Oh, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out because the devil, you know, the devil, you know, he'll come in one way, but like you'll think it's like you know, and it's like you know, for people that are all all the time concerned about the devil's devices, they're the least curious, they're the most incurious people in the world. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's not hard to see how you could see John five and forty two, which says that like you know, I came to you and you received me not." You could, I mean, just on its face, you could see how like the rejection of the plight of Palestinian peoples could be like applied in that situation. So I don't know. I've been digging more into into my tradition, not in the literalist sense that I believe yeah. in God and, and you know Christ yeah. and Him resurrected and, and all this sort of thing. Not in that sense, but in the sense that like that example, Franz Fanon's echoing of that first line of the yeah. International: all "You wretched of the earth." Connected to whosoever will let them come and drink of the water of life freely, you know,
0: I I feel like I have fully fused the two traditions in it because you can look at Marxism, in fact, as very similar to early Christianity. Mm. Um in the sense that it's this movement that calls out the contradictions of its era, it, it put, and it like makes these very trenchant observations about the unsustainability of the way things are structured, and not only that, but that it gives meaning to people's lives. and it And, and in the case of Marxists, it's this like very deep material understanding of history and our connectedness as human beings, and like what people are. Are uh, what what they deserve and and how we should treat each other and you know what I mean like I know that these are kind of like liberal socialist ideas rather than like Marxist material materialist ones but if you do a side by side comparison with Christianity as a social movement then I think that there is a lot of comparisons there and so like also though but if you Take marks at his word and and read what he's saying about there being these like deep structural resonances across the span of history, across the great arc of history. Mm-hmm. Then like you could actually kind of interpret this moment as that sort of like reckoning with our own sort of collective mortality. That like the entire human race is just this great stream, right? That like yes, we are as we are individuals, but we all. Are, are born and we die it's like coming up for air for a brief time and then we just go back down and in this Mm. great stream of life and we're all just trying to like impose our will on it and like make it better and improve it for people further on down the road Mm. and if that is the case then like okay maybe maybe bb as himself is not the antichrist Mm. but like maybe the west is yeah, as like a collective. Maybe the Antichrist isn't one person, but one yeah, person. exactly. It's a collective well, I mean, the entity. Scripture yeah.
1: teaches that too. There's been many Antichrists that come. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and
0: that like, and and if that's the case. Then it weirdly does prove the entire Christian eschatology correct in its own weird way, but it also, in this sort of like dialectical way, proves with the Marxist eschatology correct, and like you have these weird resonances where they like sort of you know resound off of each other and like make you feel like you are this like. I get it again. I know. I realize how like. Self aggrandizing and like epic, this sounds and, and, and absurd, this sounds like but the like, ultimate battle between right good and evil. But right. it really, yes. is it really is. But it really is. Though. Well, that's the it thing. We're back in the 19th century, it is an epic battle between good and evil. Like, really we is. as if, regardless of whether we want to or want to be there or not, we're back in the 19th century, this era of like these great, grand epic battles and narratives about humanity and like how they play out. Um. And it's also interesting, by the way, that the 19th century was this very fertile period for trying to understand the historical Jesus. It's like that's yeah. when the biography of the historical Jesus actually emerged. Was the 19th century, uh, the yeah. like the late 18th and 19th centuries? And so um, it feels very much like we're back in what Hobbsbaum called like the age of revolutions. Like we're it's 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 kind of come full circle. So it's again, I I hate to like. You know get into my like anti materialist antichrist shit but it's uh something that i i have also you can't help it you can't help but like yeah. dive into that well when like you're steeped in it your entire life
2: uh, yeah. uh, also too i don't know if this is related or relevant but um I don't know, man, we've been using the word, like, apocalypse a lot, and, you know, we're just talking about the Antichrist. And I want to be clear, too, that um uh, the term apocalypse, too, in the root of the word in the Latin, it doesn't mean the end of the world. It means revealing or uncovering of the truth, you know? Yeah. So, um again, the dialectics, man, against the contradictions revealing themselves, right? And the fetters are breaking, you know? It's collapsing under its own weight um apocalypse doesn't mean the end of the world although the world is right now ending for palestinians and gaza and the west bank but and a lot of people throughout the world but especially um in palestine right now but um it do- doesn't also mean that out of this moment again you know this kind of breaking down of this consensus that israel has a right to exist which means that israel has the right to do anything that they want with the sanction of the united states we're already seeing this the most promising thing to me besides the protests that I've seen in the United States, which kind of... Eh, no shame to anyone who's been out there protesting. But honestly, what's been very significant, not even more so significant, but significant to me as well has been, um, you know, throughout, throughout uh, uh, the Global South, right? You know, you have countries in Africa and Latin America, dog, and in Asia, right? That are looking at the United States and they're like, yo, this is hypocritical, man. Because when it was Ukraine, you guys were supporting self-determination. But now, and to me... You know, when the rest of the world is kind of looking and pointing fingers instead of the other way around, when the people with all the guns are pointing the fingers, you know, that to me is promising. So, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the rest of the world is like, yo, like, yo, BB he is the Antichrist. You <laughs> know, the well, West is the Antichrist. I,
0: I just the, the, what what kind of got me thinking this is like, <laughs> you also... can
1: see us saying this and our, our Muslim friends just being like, well, yeah, <laughs> 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 we were
2: trying to tell you all huh?
0: that
1: the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I <laughs> think just fell off the turnip <laughs> truck yesterday
0: <laughs> to, to kind of like recenter this put this back in kind of like materialist terms. If you understand fascism and the growth of fascism to be a development of failed uh, communism of, of, of the fail of the failure of communist movements of the failure of a utopia to materialize which was definitely in the case in Germany. They came this close to revolution in the early 1920s, and then it all came unraveled. You get the Weimar Republic, and then you get the Nazis. If you interpret, like, in, in, in many ways, that's also the kind of trajectory of fascism in Italy as well, something that, like, arises from the, like, discarded husk uh, or the conquered husk of, of the communist movements and the failure to, of a utopia to materialize. You can also apply that same critique to the state of Israel itself. That you have these like great Jewish like militants and socialists trying to build this better world and this better, safer uh, community and like world project, and it fa- and it fails to materialize. And instead, what you get the flip side of it at the other end of it, what comes out the other end is this like mangled, snarling, bloodthirsty, just like monster. And yeah. it's like and you know I mean? rising up out of yeah. the fucking like plasma of their lost yes. like lost fucking yeah.
2: dashed dreams. You know and what I mean? Yes,
0: exactly. And it, that's what it aims to do worldwide. It aims to conquer all of your dreams. It aims to it aims to make that all a foregone conclusion and ensure that it's not gonna be socialism. It is in fact barbarism. And I think that that's you know, that's the to you know again without making it too grandiose like that's basically what's on the that's table That's the good
2: versus evil dialectic man That's the good <laughs> like, versus evil dialectic I mean right? we have to we have to say good versus evil because we're talking about people that are using the fucking lie that babies are beheaded babies are in ovens that Gazans are committing mass rape not even Hamas but Gazans are committing mass rape Yeah yeah We're talking about people that are peddling lies about the death of children right to murder children, that's you know what the, I'm saying. Like that's, that's, that's another evil. thing. <laughs> that's evil, though.
0: Yeah, you're, that's another thing. Like people ask you to denounce Hamas. It's like, well, Israel doesn't distinguish between Hamas and Gazans. So, like, why? What is why the, the point? F- why, I mean, why are you
1: not, asking not even from our ivory point? tower? You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, God, man. All right, just well, say, I, I really hate Amy Schumer. <laughs> I fucking, bro. Listen, man. I'm not going to say hate something anybody, to be, especially after that, but my God, man.
2: Listen, I would say something about BB. I'm not going to say because I'll make people mad, but I. Yeah, man. Her and Cyrus Silverman. All these people that are like, oh, I'm the one. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. These people are demonic. That's, that's all I'm going to say. They're demonic. Yeah.
0: They're evil people. I. The thing is, is like they're so self obsessed, they're narcissists, right? Like, so they have to like make this entirely about them, and uh, and that is another card that we, fortunately, I guess, have socialists have up our sleeves. Is like you would you would hope, yes, that like as individuals, we do not like make this all about us. Like, I feel like I've saw some very wacky ex- examples of people making it like. Like that one professor, I think it was like a Columbia who was like crying in front of that like group of, crowd of people. Like, oh my god! Like to... whining, dude, <laughs> bruh. Listen and then and know. then gets on social media and was like, "That was me out there, and I was crying." Oh, like, was yeah, loose. nigga, we know, Here, we know it was you.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: sitting <laughs> yeah. out there fuck with the bitch assness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nobody, care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just wailing, blubbering, yo. Jesus, fuck man! Oh God, man! <laughs> Fuck! All right, um, I bet I guess that about covers it for today. Do you have anything else you want to throw on the uh, the pyre?
2: No. no, just you know, go out there and do what you can, man.
0: You know, there's a protest in your
2: city. I mean, I don't know, man. Whatever yeah, you not, can do, yeah. But, keep uh, up
0: you know. the protest. I like the yeah. bird dogging of Fetterman. Like that's a yeah, man. I that's another motherfucker, that, dog. Yo, fuck dude, this
2: asshole. is why. Last thing I'll add. This is one last thing I'll add, yo. Because we are dealing with good and evil stakes here, um i mean disappointment's not even the word but just remember that all these progressives all these progressive congress people i mean without like besides maybe like two people you know rashida tlaib and cory bush i'll throw in there right um you can't trust these motherfuckers man because the minute that shit gets real they will hang you out to dry and fetterman uh that fucking brute is an exact example so fuck that guy too yeah fucking (laughs) i think his big
1: treat falls hard i think he i don't think he can hit
2: Nah, you don't look like can. Nah, don't you get Nah, you know, like there's
1: always that big guy that you think is like, oh, you're so afraid of him. And then he just like gets fucking chopped down by some five, eight little mean motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yeah, just tie his shoelaces together and he'll just like. <laughs> him in the back of his legs or some shit yeah. like that. I don't know, man. Yeah, Make but him yeah. to his knees. I love that shit. And I think that we should do more of it um, personally because I've done it. Uh, one time in my life in a spectacularly grandiose fashion and it was one of the most satisfying experiences of my life and so i have to recommend everybody do the same <laughs> <laughs> go harass your congress person yeah it feels great <laughs> you at least feels very cathartic and don't even do it by yourself do it with a group of people because again yeah. that is that's the good shit hell yeah hell yeah! Uh,
1: i'm gonna call hal rogers office today and i'm gonna have some choice words for them <laughs> I was about to uh, Hank Johnson is uh, is my guy. <laughs> Hank Johnson's
2: uh actually I think Hank Johnson is a supporter of Palestinian self-determination. I'd have to double check, but no, that's Cynthia McKinney. There's a highway named after anyway, I'm getting into fucking Georgia politics lore, but um yeah. You she, got uh, one
1: good one, one bad one. It was,
2: she was she was a good one, but then she like they named a highway after, her and then she lost her fucking mind. She mm, got kind of crazy. She yeah, got yeah, a little that bit that go to your head.
1: <laughs> yeah, that happens. You should never have anything named after you until you're dead. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100. percent Aaron, you
0: you're correct. Um, it seems like Hank Johnson has been very critical of Israel's occupation. Yeah, he's like uh, a congressperson, and has mm-hmm. not altered his stance despite criticism.
2: Nice. He, he did also say that compared that he said that. Guam. He was worried about Guam, the island of Guam, capsizing. People could watch that video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the hey, fun, Doesn't you have it all there, but you know,
1: everybody's what? allowed to have one
0: crackpot theory, you know? What, I mean? <laughs> what, what? Yeah, it's right here. Comments on Guam tipping over.
2: <laughs> he asked. Yeah, he asked the military, like general. <laughs> he said, "Yo, I'm worried that Guam." And the guy was like. Well, sir, I'm happy to tell you, happy to report that
1: Guam is not at risk of tipping over. So I, I agree with him. I too believe Guam is actually built on a whale's back. It's just kind of hanging out there. So, that,
0: that actually, that he did. Actually, he was making an anti-imperialist point. What? He, he, after the point, he said he had used a facetious metaphor to draw attention to the potential negative impact of adding 8,000 Marines independence to an island of 180,000 people. Uh,
2: you know what, dog? You uh, know what, bro? I, I'm sorry, Hank Johnson. I'm sorry for slandering you for all these years yeah, I'm, since I've watched bad, that video. I'm. That's my bad, brother. I'm sorry, Hank.
0: Amazing. Um, all right. Well, uh, I, I think that covers it for us this week. Um, tune in to the Main feed this week and we'll give you more shit. Uh, my brain is dead by this point. So <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for tuning in, folks. Go tell your friends about Patreon and that they can subscribe and listen to hard hitting Marxist Christianity. What are we calling this now? Mm-hmm. I mean it seems like we've it seems like we finally articulated a fusion of two streams that have been the running parallel in our extended Trilbillies universe for a while and it has finally crossed. <laughs>
2: Christian, not Christian socialism, because that is a thing. But um, yeah, yeah,
0: Marxist crystal eschatology. It's a kind of millenarianism, <laughs> I suppose. Are we million Are we millenarians, guys? <laughs> I'm a millennial. I know that we're millennials. I'm not ready to commit one way or the <laughs> other. I still got to fill it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know that people say that's bad to be a millenarian, but um, I mean, if we're bringing Why is that? back old c- apocalyptician, yeah, we're bringing back old centuries, so we might as well all become millenarians, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I'll start just getting down here every
1: every week like Hal Lindsay and predicting a <laughs> date that the world's gonna end. Please, the, brother. And when it comes he, and goes, I'll just keep pushing it.
0: <laughs> Hank <laughs> just keep pushing the goalposts. Yeah. Hank Johnson might have been on something. The whole world might tip over if we have too many fucking Marines. You know what I'm saying? Like too much war and the world will tip over. The you know, Earth fucking, will like spin out of rotation yeah. out of its orbit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yep Oh shit. Alright gang. Thanks for listening this week. We'll see you next time. Peace out.
3: In verse three, it says, I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. You know, the confusing thing to most people about this, it talks about the beast. And in some sentences, it sounds like it's talking about a kingdom. The beast is a kingdom and then in other places it's talking about the ruler of that kingdom because it goes to a personal pronoun and the reason is because they're interchangeable because there's one one is controlling the other the beast in some parts is spoken of as as this person who's the antichrist in other context it talks about it as a as a superpower of nations but they are so part of each other that you can use them almost interchangeably you follow me on that All right. now clearly when it talks about uh, in verse 2 where it says the dragon gave him his power his throne and great authority so this is talking about giving all of Satan's power an authority to this man and the implications of that are mind-boggling I mean you can't imagine what this is saying this is talking about a man that's gonna have all of the power of the highest created being God ever created handed to him we're talking about ten heads that represent ten nations here okay and so uh, this person, and, and here again, sometimes this wounded head is talking about a, a power, a nation, and other times it's talking about the individual who personifies that nation. And it rocks back and forth. And he says, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worship the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Right now, (laughs) does it uh, make you a little frightened to know that we are very close to having a world of Satan worshipers? Because that's what it's saying here. Now, they're not aware they're worshiping Satan because Satan is inside this man. The man is totally animated and empowered by Satan and there's complete deception and they worship this person in verse 5 there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies an authority to act for 42 months was given to him and he opened his mouth and blasphemies against god to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle that is or i mean by that those who dwell in heaven. Now why would he do that? Why would he find it necessary to take his valuable airtime to blaspheme God and those who dwell in heaven? Well, because he has to explain where you and I vanished to. The world's going to wonder what happened. All these people disappeared and he's going to come in with an ex- explanation he's going to blaspheme God, he's going to blaspheme us, we're in heaven well, let's read on. and it was also given to him to make war with the saints and overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him you see God allowed The only world superpowers there's ever been here since the flood. And the first one was Babylon, 2nd Media Medi-Persian, third Greece, fourth Rome phase one, and this is Rome phase two because it's going to be a resurrected form of Rome. See there are not five superpowers here that God allows out of the Gentile world, only four. But the fourth one is in two phases. And the fourth one is the only one that is not conquered. You see, Babylon was conquered by Media persia Media persia was conquered by the Greek Macedonians, Alexander the Great. The Greek Empire was conquered by Rome. But Rome was never conquered. It fell apart from its own decadence from within. But it continued to exist in mystery form. Its spiritual moorings continued to exist. and It is out of that spiritual form that's called the Whore of Babylon that it will emerge again. The important thing I want you to see is this is the first of all of those world superpowers that actually does, in fact, control every person on the earth. Before it was in God's in in God's authority and view, they controlled everything that was worth controlling. They were the superpower of the world, even though Babylon didn't control China. But in God's in God's view, Babylon con- was a superpower. Okay. When interpreters of this passage tried to, uh, tried to apply it to the world of their day, there's no way they could see how that could be. They said this must not be literal. It was because that the incredible technology of our day didn't exist. But today it does exist. And what we see is an irresistible force moving the economy more and more to a centralization under one unit.